You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's TechFan Podcast number 435. I'm Tim Robertson here in the States, and over across the pond is... David Cohen, as Hello. usual. As Hello. usual. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were asking about the uh, iMac. Yeah. So it's a tale of two cities, if you will. <laughs> the iMac, the new one... Um, for those who are outside the know, I bought the low-end, cheapest iMac Apple sells and upgraded it. It it was so painfully slow out of the box that it's criminal that Apple sells this thing. With a hard drive. With a hard drive. Yeah. A, a standard hard drive. A spinning disk hard drive with I, 8 gigabytes of RAM. I've got to imagine, except for maybe like cheap gaming laptops that have maybe a gigabyte hard drive in them. I've got to imagine that's pretty much the only computer on the market you can buy today with a, with a hard drive fitted to standard. Yeah, I don't understand why Apple even still sells it. It's insulting. Um, For something you actually need, to, you're expected to work on. I mean, with a gaming laptop, you can kind of forgive it because people want a lot of space and normally once you've installed and run the game, the thing's running you know, kind of in memory. Um, and slow disk access probably isn't going isn't to bother you that much. But for computer you're working on, it oh, just—it's it, so slow. It's 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 criminal. Yeah, it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, I have to imagine that when Apple releases their new iMacs with Apple Silicon, I hate saying that. Um, <laughs> it sounds like Apple got a boob job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what size do you want your Apple Silicon Mac? Yeah, yeah. I want the I want the thirty eight D iMac, please. I want to go as big as you can give me. I want to. I want a, the big one. Um, they're all going to have SSDs. There's no yeah. way that they're going to put a conventional hard drive in it. Yeah. Not not when they're relaunching this and and speed and all that is is the focus. But here's the ridiculous thing: it's what it's four or five years ago now that Apple introduced APFS. Yeah. which was their new filing system, which is specifically designed to work on SSD. In fact, so much so that it won't install by default on a hard drive unless you force it to. Correct. And yet, five years on, they're still shipping a computer with a hard drive. I, I, How big was that hard drive? Was it a big hard drive? Uh, one terabyte. Right. right. So it's kind of the same argument as the gaming PC. It's like, well, yeah. we'll give you a lot of space, but it'll be... be well, it'll be actually, slow. one terabyte's not that much space anymore. Uh, yeah, you know what, but... Plenty of laptops ship with 256 gig SSDs, and that's going to be cost the same or less even nowadays at scale than than a hard drive. It's basically there to tell so that the guys in the Apple store can say, don't buy that one. Yep. So I got that one. I put a two terabyte SSD inside of it and got 32 gigs of RAM, had problems. The tape failed, screen cracked on it. Uh, I did send it to OWC. They actually replaced the screen for me for a very reasonable price. Not just the glass, but the whole screen. The whole screen. Right. Uh, then they went and installed RAM for me, the 32 that I already paid for. Because I was sending that RAM back, I got bad RAM. Yeah. At least one of the sticks were bad. So they put the new RAM in, they put a new screen on it, and it is humming along. I couldn't be yeah. happier with it. Um so when I said the tale of two Macs, let's revisit my old one. My old one's a 2010 iMac, and it, it was failing spectacularly. And I thought 
was the hard drive. And I'm still pretty convinced that it was, except I decided I'm going to try to repurpose this machine. And I couldn't find any definitive answers on this, but what I did was I know as a fusion drive, it's got the SSD on a chip on in there as well as a conventional hard drive. And I figured it was the conventional hard drive that was failing. Yeah. And so I pulled it apart. I got a new tape kit from iFixit. I wanted to try theirs because I tried OWCs. Yeah. And um, once you've done it, it's it's a fairly straightforward process. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting that is how quickly you pick up kind of how to do it and how not to do it. I've, um, yeah. I've recently done a few um, Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons. You know they have yeah. this, this situation where they start drift. to drift over time. So yeah. you can replace the actual joystick part. Um, and it's a bit of a fiddly job to take the Joy-Con apart and do it. But once you've done it a couple of times, you're kind of like almost doing it in your sleep. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's still fiddly. <laughs> but the first time you're doing it, you, you're halfway through and you're thinking, oh my God, I wish I'd never started this. I will never get this thing back together working. And then after you do the first time, then you, you kind of go, you're, you're less frightened of it. So I pulled the conventional hard drive out of this machine and I put, I bought a... Uh, relatively inexpensive. I think I paid 40 bucks for it. A 512 gigabyte SSD in there. Yeah. But what I didn't do was pull out the SSD on a chip. I know you can't do um what do you, what's it called? The fusion drive with two SSDs in there. Yeah. Uh but I figured okay, uh, but I'm I didn't feel like taking the whole motherboard apart to get to the SSD on a chip and yank that out. Yeah. But I figured that's okay because it's going to see that it's got two hard drives. I'll boot it up in recovery mode and just format the new SSD as the main drive and be on my way. Yeah. I can't get the machine to boot. Yeah. Um, it I, starts I, up. I think I you... get to the Apple logo. If I go to the recovery partition, uh, it, it never launches it. Yeah. I've tried doing net boot and that won't work either. I get an EFI error. Uh, it's on and I cannot, the, I, I'm going to try one more thing before I buy yet another fricking iMac kit for it. This, this, the stickers, if you will, uh, the tape kit. Um, and I'll spend another 15 bucks. Um, but what I'm going to do is put it in target mode cause it will start up in target mode. No problem. But I need to be able to connect it with another Mac. Now, so I'm wondering now because you because obviously because it failed you weren't able to kind of disable the fusion drive were you right and that's so where think, I'm thinking that's I think that's where, your problem well yeah. my hope is if I can get it into uh, target disk mode I can erase both hard drives that are in there both SSDs yeah I'm not sure whether even target disk mode is going to help you though because I think the system is configured to go through the fusion drive and what's happening I, th I suspect is that at the moment the fusion drive is booting up and uh, or the the SSD part of the fusion drive is booting up and it's looking for its disk uh, which presumably be, will be tagged in some way and it's not well, there and it's it's just basically it's failing yeah and I, well, don't, I, I don't know whether up. you can whether you can override that that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. And what I've tried to do was I took the fusion drive that I pulled out of there, the spinning hard drive, and I put it in an enclosure, plugged it in via USB, thinking, well, maybe this way it does see that fusion drive partition still and it will boot. 
because um, all I really need it to do is boot for one time so yeah. I can format the SSD that I installed in it, install a Mac OS on it, set it as a startup drive and reboot. Yeah. That's all I need it to do. But uh, I'm going to wait for that cable to get here. The cable was six bucks. Um, if it doesn't work, then I've got to buy another tape kit, pull out the SSD on a chip, restart it. And that way it's, it's completely bypassing that, uh, fusion drive. Cause it, it, it's just, there's no components there. And I think then it probably will boot into what I want it to do and get it formatted and all that. Can you put the SSD where the fusion drive bit was? Well, the fuse the the SSD part of the fusion drives is the the chip. Yeah, the chip. So do you, the there's the new SSD you've got. Is that a chip? Or no, is that it's a, a it's a hard drive. Right. So maybe what you should try and do is pull the fusion drive. Well, that's gonna, what I just if, said. Yeah. No. If you if, yeah, but but replace it with a chip SSD, not with a um and not with the drive you've already got. Well, I don't want to do that. Why, Why would not? I do that? Well, you can't use two fusion, or you can't use two SSDs in a fusion drive. No, but why do you want a fusion drive? I don't. No, so that's what I'm saying. So if you, I don't what? need to replace that chip. I just need to remove it. Yeah, but if you remove it and then you put the, or you put a chip SSD in there, one of no. the M.2 ones. No, 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 no. I just put a regular hard uh, SSD oh, in is, it. Is is there a um? I don't know if there's a, a on the Mac with a fusion drive there's a dependency on having a chip there or not. Well, no, cuz you could have you don't have to have a fusion drive in this in this machine. Right, but if you buy a machine with an SSD, an iMac with an SSD, mm -hmm. do they put something in the spinning disk part of the fusion drive bay or do they actually just put a chip-based SSD where the fusion bit of yours is now? Do you see what I mean? No. Because the fusion drive is two different hard drives. It's the SSD on a chip and a yeah. conventional hard drive. Yeah. Right. But most SSDs now don't come in a in a hard drive case. They come as a as a little tiny chip. Right. Yeah. So I, what I'm wondering is, if when if Apple in the factory when they want to give you an SSD, just put a chip in the spot where the little SSD you've got is now. Um, then there's a possibility that the drive can that the computer will only boot up when it's got something working in that um chip ssd slot no so because it, it's the same machine if you would have bought it with or without the fusion drive the only difference is if you said if you buy it if i would have bought this as a fusion drive it was a regular imac until i had owc ah uh, okay so it never shipped with the fusion drive no. All oh, right. Okay. It, it Sorry. It was an upgrade. My, my misunderstanding. I was just, I was thought it was the ones that shipped no. with the Fusion Drive. And okay. and the reason I don't want to do it the way you're suggesting is because I've already bought the conventional yes, SSD I know, that's I in there. That. Yeah. 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 I don't want to spend even more money for yeah. something because then I got to get rid of this SSD because I can't have two as a Fusion Drive. Yeah. And I then get, I got to get, get another Sorry. SSD to put or a regular conventional hard drive, which I've got like a hundred. Yeah. I got like four hundred twenty gigabyte laptop drives i don't know where the hell i got all these from they all work too by the way yeah they, they you know what you want to do with those is get a kind of a, one of those drive bays stick them all in there and have yeah, it make a, a make some some big sort of raid. raid raid type thing yeah yeah um the problem I'm, i mean the the problems you're encountering here are what's happening as these devices become more and more integrated with the system they're on and let's face it with the computer you've got now 
Um, because of the T2 chip in there, it's even harder to swap these components out. Yep. Um, because the T2 chip also wants to be secure and see what you've got in there. And if you something suddenly changes, it just goes, oh, something fishy going on, and it's not going to work. So, um, And I think that's that's going to be a problem even worse with the new Apple Silicon. Oh, I think, I think yeah, the days of swapping drives internally yeah. in machines are pretty much over at this point. Because yeah, most, most, most of the modern Macs, I think, actually have the SSD soldered into the board. They're not even replaceable. Well, the laptops, anyways. Yeah, yeah, but they, you know they're going to go that way with the with the desktop computers as well, because you know why would they why would they bother having different motherboards for the desktops? Yeah. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll have different styles of motherboard with different capabilities because they want the extra power and that sort of thing. But let's face it, you can't change the SSD in an iPad, and these are all going to ARM, so it's going to be the same way. So another thing that I just recently did. Um, and I was waiting for the iMac to get fixed and put it in its permanent home, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and start to be able to arrange the desk around it. Although I haven't completed that yet because I think I'm going to replace my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to build my own. So uh, that'll Liam, be fun. Liam was very, very impressed with the desk you did. You for Julie. Julie did, yeah. Yeah. She uh, saw it on Facebook. She really liked it. Oh, tell her I said thank you. Oh, I will do. I, am, I almost screwed it up completely. I know. Um, <laughs> no but when she saw the final thing she said oh what did he just did they just screw their own legs onto that and i went yep. yes she went that's really cool yeah and it's a it's a tripod leg if you will because it's yeah. got you know the front the back and then one that goes towards the middle it doesn't come far out but it makes it a lot more secure yeah and i think i paid 50 60 bucks i think on yeah. ebay i can't remember now now i kind of want to know um and it came out really well, and I'm going to do the same thing, but I use an L-shaped desk. Now, mine is, and I've had it for years and years and years, um, and it's held up pretty well, to be honest, but it's not very thick, and it's. I think it's time for a new one. Plus, hers came out so well, and I kind of want a darker desk than this one. This one's that light birch kind of fake veneer on it. Yeah. Um. It's pretty resistant to stains and stuff like that, but you get a little chip in it, and it really it's glaring. Yeah, so Where, I had the same for the desk I'm sat at, which is a, a cheap, small IKEA desk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the probably is pretty. I like the IKEA stuff; it's pretty sturdy. But what the only problem with it is that the white veneer on it is super thin, and yeah. so you get little scratches, and then of course you've got marks coming yeah, through from underneath. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I kind of want a darker wood desk that if I get a gouge in it, I just put a little uh, something right there. I mean, yeah. with wood, I can just fill it if I wanted to, sand it yeah. down, and then put some more, um, what do you call it, stain there. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to do, because this desk doesn't have any kind of cable management built in at all, period. And for the most part, um, I buy a lot or I get a lot of things. And I'm constantly plugging new stuff in. So what I wanted to do, and I've got a um, a hub yeah. that I use, but it's completely full with all the stuff that's permanently plugged into the computer. And so that was kind of an issue. And I'm like, you know, I still get the stuff that I need a, a, an extra USB for, or uh, the iMac already has a card reader in it. But the problem there is it's in the back of it, and I've got to constantly pull it around. Same thing with the headphone jacks. Got to pull that out, plug the headphones in there. So I got a little um, uh, USB-C dock 
yeah. that has an audio, it has card readers on it, and it has USB. Mm-hmm. And another uh, USB-C plug. So this just is going to sit, and it is right now, not in its permanent home, just on the side of the iMac that I can quickly, easily plug stuff into it without having to screw around with all the other cables or decide what I'm going to unplug to plug this new thing in. And it's leading me to, uh, if I'm going to do that, I might as well get a new desk so I can finally get some cable management, both holes in the desk, which I don't have with this one. So all the cables just fall into the back, yeah. which is always a nightmare. So I could put some holes in the desk in the back because I use thick enough wood where it's not going to compromise integrity. Um, and then get some of you know, those little things that you could put in the holes to make it secure and look nice. Um, and then some under desk cable management, you know, those little, I've, there's all kinds of different ones, but the ones that I really liked, uh, back in when I was back with Kellogg and as an IT manager was, um, it was kind of like this little plasticky cage with a, a track system that would clip onto the bottom of it to keep yeah. everything inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of forked so you can have cables coming at at different angles and that those things worked great. I mean, they were dust collectors, but who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about doing something like that. I think that would work extremely well and I could run them on both sides of the back end of the desk and have like, you know, and the part that faces me is the smallest part of the L, you know, I could put two holes back there and like three on the other side. And then I want some kind of a shelf like I have right now on this desk. That's this, uh, it, It's part of the desk itself. Yeah. But it gives me more storage and, and able to put like all my iPads and, and iPhone trays set up on that. Yeah. The only thing but I'd I'm, say is that some of the office desks I've used in the past kind of have a they have a, a like a flip out lid at the back with a big mm-hmm. kind of four inch wide uh, bay underneath for all the cables to go into. And the idea yeah. is that any time you put something new in there, you just kind of flip the whole lid up, put it, stuff it in there, and then close it down again. And then send, they have, send me that. I like to see what that looks like. Yeah. Because um, cable management is a problem for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the advantage of that is that there's plenty of room. You don't have to kind of, you know, force cables in there. It's getting full. And also as well, it means you can put something bigger like a USB hub in there and keep it out of sight and then just have cables coming up and out without having the, the hubs themselves on the desk which um if they're full you don't want it on the desk because it's uh, it's full you're not going to put anything else in there you know i th- so. i thought about a making um i guess you'd call it a hole but not round but a hole in the desk itself with a piece of clear plexi that almost is, put magnets on it or something yeah that I can open so it's a little door and I could have a, like a little USB hub sitting right there. So if I want to plug something in, so for instance, just this uh, this dock that I was telling you about, this, yeah. put that in there. Uh, yeah. This one has ports on the front and the back, which doesn't work. I want them all on the front. Yeah. But I could just open this little thing. I could even make it like a, a little door so when you open it, the whole hub kind of pops up with the yeah. top of the glass. You can do that. Or alternatively, if you've got a flat side of the desk, you can just stick it to the side of the desk. Yeah, I've thought about that too, but the problem with it then is it's underneath again. And yeah. I'm trying to get stuff more accessible. You know, I don't want to be feeling around with my hands underneath the desk trying to figure out which yeah. way the stupid USB thing plugs in. I have and, seen I have seen hubs that are like a wedge. Um and they're almost like um the same the same way that a mixer board would be. So they slope and then they have at the top they have like ten USB slots. 
And, and that's then, what I'm talking about. But yeah. I want something that's going to be both USB-C connection as well as uh, USB-A yeah, because I've got a variety of different things I want to plug in. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a bit of a transi- transition at the moment. Aren't we? Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at too. I'm like, yeah, I've got to have something. I haven't found one yet. I haven't really looked for the wedge-shaped ones because I think that would be excellent, especially if I put it on some kind of uh, like the little trap door I was saying so I could just push down it pops up and there's the that would be cool yeah uh, i could put that like right in front of the imac that would be really neat um, but that's what i'm thinking about i'm starting to draft plans in my head i haven't put anything down to uh on paper if you will yet but that's kind of where i'm at um now that i've built one desk and i knew i could build one i mean it's not very difficult yeah but what i want what julie's requirements were and what my requirements were are very different <laughs> yeah, yeah so that, that's so, a good thing about building your own stuff is you can make it do exactly what you want it to do exactly yeah so so i'm talking to you on a new piece of kit yeah what do you got so uh i've mentioned on previous shows that i was using the live track l8 which is kind of like a mixing board with some features that make it suitable for podcasting but um i spotted on uh, hey because i'm now on facebook i spotted on facebook marketplace couple of weeks ago that somebody was selling a roadcaster pro which is the the road kind of dedicated podcasting board they they do um yep. and it was much cheaper than than you would ex- expect to buy one new um and so i bought it and uh, that's what i'm using at the moment and i have to tell you the the difference between this is the live track is a is a general purpose mixing board that's very good for podcasting but it has a lot of controls that i don't want to touch for podcasting yeah the road the roadcaster is designed specifically for podcasting man it's six hundred dollars yeah well i didn't pay anything like that i paid about half yeah really uh, and and it's barely been used because the guy had it in a studio and uh, he said said i just i just I, d- I don't really use it because i bought something else that i prefer to use instead so it's virtually brand new um and, and the advantage of this is that the controls they've surfaced are the ones you need to mess with during a podcast and everything else is like inside the screen display has a very nice screen. So it's really very ergonomically good for so podcasting. So it's, it's doing, it's doing other, the, uh, I'm looking on, I'm trying to talk and look on okay. Facebook marketplace well, I'll, myself. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll talk you through it. So, um. It's it works very similarly to the to the other one I had the live track. It has yep. four input microphone channels. All um all um, what's the big one called? TL, not. Uh, I don't know. Got bang. You know you know the big XLR. Four XLR inputs for yep. microphones. Yeah. It um it can it has USB C. It can use that for either as an input or as an output. So if you use it as an output, it becomes a um a um audio interface for your computer if you use it as an input then you can take audio from a computer into here it has a smartphone channel which is like i had on the live track it's using a trs cable to do a mix minus to my iphone running wire at the moment or you can use that for music uh, and then it has bluetooth as well so you can actually bluetooth to a device as well i'm not using bluetooth because the audio quality is nowhere near as good as it is for a cable but you could Bluetooth to an to if you were taking calls occasionally, you could just Bluetooth to a phone uh, and do a mix minus call on that, so the the uh, caller hears you, but you, they don't hear themselves being looped back. Um, and then it has um, a big set of pads with kind of music and stuff on it um, as well, uh, so you can put um, sound effects and music and that sort of thing in. Faders for everything. Um, four headphone output pop sockets so if you're doing a live show everyone can have their own headphone channel 
um, a master channel and then a headphone socket on the front and then it, every, it's recording everything to SD card um, and I, I have to say it's, it's really the, the preamps on this are much better than on the Zoom they sound much quieter hmm. um, and it also has the, it has audio processing on it which uh, you know compressor and de-esser and all of that yeah. sort of thing and that's all optimised for voice so uh, it all sounds really good You nowadays you can it, it, originally when it came out you couldn't mess with those you just had to take what Rode gave you but now you can actually go in and tinker those with an app and everything I I say it's a very for a podcaster it's an expensive board but it's very very nice yeah I'm looking at it right now yeah um you might as well get it on Amazon if I was going to buy a new one because half the people on eBay are selling them for more money than the brand new one. Which yeah, is these these are very very popular um, with podcasts. Everyone everyone on the, who'd like in I've heard of them. I just yeah. haven't spent much time on them. Yeah, I I mean they're they're for a, you know they they're kind of an upmarket thing, and you've got to be sure that you only ever want to do podcasts with it because this is not as good for music. You could use it for right. music, but it's not designed for that. Really, it's very much can, aimed at. Can you hear the snoring? Listen, wait. Is that a dog? I could hear it's it. That's a dog, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> a dog. It's a dog's life. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get off. <laughs> they ignore me when I'm recording. See, they like I, I've said it before, they know when I'm doing a show. Yeah. They get in there. I think my voice just <laughs> puts them right out. Well, my, my dog is, I, I, I record on the landing between my... Uh, the the ground floor and the top floor, yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm at the foot of the stairs. The dog is at the top of the stairs. He's just like sleeping. He won't he won't do anything to like to like it up. So there's a really uh, good article that on Engadget uh, titled "Amazon Prime Video will soon have the content, but it needs a better home." And you know this is something that we've talked about in the past that I a hundred percent agree with. While I think that there's a lot of really great content on Amazon Prime, it couldn't be more of a kludgy piece of crap. Yep. That, And this guy's whole point is they try to put any type of video, anything, under one roof, and it makes it so confusing that if yeah. you go in there, say, I, I want to watch something with my Prime membership, half the stuff that they're showing you, you have to pay extra for. Yeah. Or you have to be a subscriber to CBS All Access, or it, it's absolutely horrendous, and they are doing their own content a massive disservice. Mm-hmm. I, just finding original content from Amazon is impossible. It, it is the yeah. it is by far the worst of all of them. And and the other problem is that I've encountered many times where you search, you know, sometimes you want to find something. Uh, yeah. Because nowadays, unless you sat in front of an Apple TV, you have to search three or four services. Well, which one is it on? Which yep. one might it be on? Yeah. The problem with Amazon is you will search and um, then it will present you results. You'll often find what you want, but it's not clear until you click into it that it's not part of Prime. Right. Uh, and so you'll you'll click into it and then you'll see only prices, realize that you've got to rent it or buy it if you want to watch it. Which again is is a obviously from Amazon's point of view, they're hoping you'll get, you'll just click it through anyway and go, Oh well, you know, I'll pay the three ninety nine and watch it. No, but I don't course, think people are. I think that's Well of course and most people aren't because you're saying, Well, I'm I, I only want to see the free stuff. There should be an option. There is an option in the mobile clients to only show free stuff, but that doesn't work with the search. So you, you can turn that on and it will it when you're browsing, you will only see free stuff, stuff that's in Prime. Yeah. But 
when you search for something, it ignores that setting and it will still present you with stuff that you might want to buy, um, which is annoying. It's probably even more annoying than it showing it to you all the time. And then the other thing as well is that um, stuff can stuff can be on there for free and then it disappears. You know, you yeah. can see, you can tag it. You can go, yeah, I'm going to watch that later. And then when you come to watch it, you find, oh, it's not free anymore. Um, and that's even more frustrating than, I know Netflix has some of that as well, but at least with Netflix, the stuff actually goes away. Yeah. Yes, Whereas with, it's just not there anymore. Yeah. Whereas with Amazon, you go in, and it's particularly hard. You're binge watching it, or you're not binge watching, but you're working your way through a season of six or seven uh, seasons. Yeah. And then halfway through, you'll find that you'll, you'll be on midway through season three, and then you'll find season four, five, and six aren't free anymore. Or never um, were. Oh, no, no. It showed, it normally shows that they are, because I'm, I'm normally checked for that. I don't want to be caught in that situation, but I've had it several times where I've been halfway through season three and then season four isn't on free anymore. Right. You know? uh, they need to make some mass, massive changes. I don't know if it's even on Amazon's radar. I don't think it is. I don't think they care. I, I don't know. I don't think they do too, because I think they, they view all of this as added on services, the rest of yep. Amazon. And um, Prime is like a, is like a gimme. And I think, but when I they're think, spending a billion dollars on the new Lord of the Rings TV series, you think you'd want to present it in a way that entices people to subscribe to Prime so they get all this great video content. Yeah. And when they do, uh, they're just offered this kludge of just absolute shit, which is what it is. It's it's yeah. just shit. Well, this is you know what this is a a it's a problem with all of these services. It's a problem with all of the stores. I mean, if you, if you none of them are perfect, but they're go the browsing worst. the the uh, you know I, I've praised the Switch store, Nintendo Switch store before, but you know what I'm getting really cheese off with the amount of shovelware mobile ports that are going on in there yep. and nintendo just doesn't care they just no. oh bring them on in bring them on in and so you're now in a situation where every time they uh they you're looking through all the new releases and everything yet they mix up all the quality stuff the high value stuff with you know uh 5.99 8.99 12.99 ports of a game that was available on on the uh on yep. ios and android five years ago for 1.99 yep. exactly um, so and and yeah amazon has exactly the same problem we were on we were on netflix the other day and i said to leanne i said oh there's a new show on netflix we should watch it's right up our street called warrior nun i don't know if you've seen warrior nun yeah i just finished it you just finished it i really liked it i thought it was really good i hated the ending yeah, well, you know. come back next season. Yeah, to, well, that's oh, it. Stop it. And and they haven't even been renewed for next season yet, so that's right. annoying. But, I hate that. But nevertheless, I thought I thought it actually was pretty good. Um, but the problem it, it was it felt low budget, but done well. Yeah, yeah, great performances. I thought particularly, especially um, the young lead. I thought she was fantastic. She was. Yeah, she really kind of brought across the fact you know somebody who's been given powers and is I want no part of this. I Keep just going. My to, my dishwasher's yeah. making a weird sound. I'll okay. be right back. But the issue was, I said to said to my wife, oh, there's this new show, Warrior Nun. It's right up, she loves all this like fancy stuff. I said, right up your street, um, we should watch it. And so we go to Netflix, and this is their brand new show. You'd think they'd be promoting the hell out of it. Could we find it anywhere on the main screen when we went to the home screen? No. It was all cluttered with stuff she'd watched before, and stuff she might be halfway through and other things that was related to stuff that she'd watched before but they weren't promoting the brand new show we had to end up actually going and search for it before we could find the brand new show and start watching it of course once you start watching it it's there on the screen all the time you never get rid of the damn thing but um i'm thinking to myself well this is the new 
the new thing that kind of everyone's talking about you'd have thought and also it fits with our with our previous watching profile you thought it would be promoted to us front and center but it wasn't and i'm thinking how many people are actually going to see that see it's not there and go oh well, i'm going to search for it because most people aren't even going to remember what the name of it is or anything and so then they might never end up watching it and Netflix loses the loses the eyeballs on that show, which presumably is not what they want when they've just invested in it. And I don't understand how that makes any sense. And I presume it must be kind of algorithm related, but I, I don't understand why the why why they've programmed the algorithms like that to not promote a brand new show to somebody who's right in the demographic for watching it. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, started watching Harley Quinn. Yeah. I'm about an episode and a half in. It's yeah. brilliant. I love it. Yeah, it's so it's so good. Could you here here here's the frustration. We I think we both agree that Marvel's um cinematic universe is way better yeah. than what DC has done. And I would even argue as a comic book guy, their Marvel's comics are better than DC comics. Okay. Yeah. Um I hear you. Could you imagine Marvel doing anything like this with their properties? No. There's no chance. No. Not just simply because they're owned by uh, Disney, but even before then, there's no way that they would have done that. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, what the, the proof of that pudding will be what they do with the uh, next Deadpool movie. If the next Deadpool movie is PG-13, then at that point you know. Yeah, because the whole fun, the, the the thing that's fun about this Harley Quinn show is precisely because it is grown up, it's R-rated, yes. it doesn't care about the swearing, and it fits the swearing and the violence, and it fits with the character. Oh, absolutely. It fits with the, char- yeah. the world the character lives in. You can't I love do- Gordon is just out of yeah. his mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It just it just fits with with a, a situation where you know this is focused on the bad guys. Of course, they're going to be violent and sweary and um, nihilistic and and uh, all that sort of thing. At the same time as being, and this is where the show is clever. Is it also presents them as real people? Yeah, you know. So have you have you seen Bane yet? Yes. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm well, and this is the other thing as well. They, they <laughs> I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> and they great. just, and they just, like this is, they take the Mickey out of where these characters have been yes. portrayed in other properties, yes. and it's so funny. Um, yes. So yeah, it's really you wait, wait until you meet um, uh, Mister Psycho, one yeah. of his one of her psychics later in this season. It's so funny. Anyway, but yeah, it's a great. I show, like the but, I like the plant, Frank. Yeah, Frank is actually criminally underserved in this first season. He deserves far more screen time than he gets. So yeah. I uh, I liked it. it, yeah. it so far, it's it's really good. It's pushing all the right buttons. Yeah. And I think w- why can't Marvel do something like this? They could yeah. totally do it. And no, it's, it. You know, it's the same way that the Apple stuff is on Apple yeah, TV is a little bit tame. So I give it you know? I give it up to W uh, to uh, Warner Brothers for letting something like this out into the wild. That yeah. takes bravery. Does it just does it does it make it worse the content the original? No, it's just people like you and I and the people that are watching it understand this is not the same Harley Quinn that you're going to see in Batman Adventures. Yeah, we 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 know that. Yeah, but that's yeah. kind of the point. It makes it better. It's it's great this way. Yeah, it's I like it. It's really really good. You know, but yeah, good luck. But again, that's another property. Good luck finding it. 
you know. Well, I mean, that's, it's that's worse the problem for you with guys. Streaming. Yes. Yeah, it's worse for you guys because you've got more streaming services than we have. Half the stuff that you watch on play, things like CBS All Access and everything is kind of, we get to see it over here on Amazon or Netflix. So I really have only three services. I need, well, four, I guess, because I've got I, BBC iPlayer and the, the ITV ones, what have you. And then I've got Disney Plus, Netflix and Amazon Prime. And I have to search across all four of those to find, normally find something, you know, if I'm looking for something particular that I want, that I want to watch. And it's frustrating. Really when the is. COVID-19 thing started, I was only, as you know, I was only off for what two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea how long I'd be off, and I knew we're not going anywhere. We're going to be stuck in this house for a while, and we still are for the most part. We really don't go a whole lot of places because we're yeah. smart in science. Yeah, me too. Um, we're, we're exactly the same. Yep. So, I I wanted to give Hulu another shot. Mm-hmm. I had been a subscriber. I started with the free service and it was so laden with ads that I couldn't stomach it. Right. Uh, so I just deleted the account and then I got, uh, an email from someplace that if I took the survey and it was from a product that I had bought, uh, they would give me three months of free Hulu, not the free version, but the actual So I took it, I subscribed. And I unsubscribed after the, the three months because they just didn't have enough content uh, that was better or I couldn't find it elsewhere. Yeah. Well, COVID-19 hits. I decided I'm going to subscribe, going to pay for the top tier. Right. And um, probably after a week, I set a reminder for myself to remember to unsubscribe <laughs> at the end of the month. It's just a terrible system. Uh, the service itself is just... It's not great, and I so I I've tried it three times now, so for me they're out, they're done. Yeah. Um, but the ones that I subscribe to, that I have bookmarked, is of course Amazon, which we've talked about. But that's almost incidental. I you know. No. Oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a Prime member, so I get it, but it's still yeah. almost incidental for me. And that, if I had to pay for that, it yeah. alone, I wouldn't. That's a that's a question. I wonder how many people would retain Amazon Prime Video. If they didn't already have it as part of their Prime subscription, if they had to go well, they're, and buy, well, they're buy it separately, well, they're number two right now because of that. And I hundred yeah. percent agree with the premise that, and I know this is what your premise was going to be. If you had to pay extra for it, they would fall so far because their original content that is is so little compared to um, Netflix. I yeah. mean, it's kind of a paltry joke. Now they've had. I really like Bosch. I, I think that's a great series. But they've had some other ones that weren't as good. They've had some that I really, really enjoyed, and they canceled for God who I have no idea why. Yeah. Um, and so they have this Marble, Miss Marble, Mabel, something like that. I watched the first season; it was okay. I think they're on season three, and I have yeah, no. Yeah, that's, that's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Leanne yeah, likes that. She 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 enjoys that one. Um, but the thing is, is that she well I. She, we before we had Netflix, right? We only had Amazon Prime, yeah. So she watched pretty much everything she watched on Amazon Prime, um, and then she kind of stopped watching it because she'd seen everything she wanted to see, yeah. When and that's the ne- problem, you can't do got, that with yeah. Netflix, yeah. We when we got Netflix, uh, she hardly ever watches Amazon Prime now, unless I point out a show she wants. We watched the the Hunters thing I mentioned a few weeks ago, which mm-hmm. was which we enjoyed that was on Amazon Prime, and I watched um. 
uh, Star Trek Picard was available here on Amazon. So obviously we watched that there. But the thing is, you know, for me, I've got, as, as you know, I, I'm quite happy to use other ways to get those shows if I can't get them over here. So I don't need to have Amazon Prime. If I don't, I, I think the thing is, if I didn't already get it as part of my, I would always keep my Amazon Prime subscription because I use Amazon so much. But if I, if they took the video out of that, I probably wouldn't subscribe to it on its own. Right. You know, so, whereas I would keep Netflix and I would keep Disney Plus. Well, I, I was a subscriber to Netflix before the streaming thing was a thing. Yeah. Um, so you, here, I'll give you a, a something to watch. And then I'll okay. get back to what I was saying. Uh, you're new to Netflix, so there's a ton of content that you haven't even discovered yet. Here's one for you. Did you watch The Sopranos? No. Okay. So then it won't matter. Um, there's a <laughs> se- there's a se- series called Lilyhammer. All right. It yeah. came out in 2012. There's only three seasons yeah. before it was canceled. Um, Steve Van Zant, Stephen Van Zant, I guess you used to say, he's a New York mob boss who testifies. Um, and he goes into witness protection and he goes to Lily Hammer, Norway, and he tries to mob it up, mob it up a little bit. (laughs) And it is really, I, I freaking love that series. I watched it when it first came out. I'm still a little depressed that they never revisited it. Um, he basically plays the same character in everything. Yeah mannerisms the way he walks everything from the sopranos again this is this is something that's stupid so i've just typed that into my um into my uh, search on my ipad here yeah and it's brought up an imdb page which makes perfectly clear from the pictures the posters and everything that this is a netflix show yeah it has the poster it says netflix a netflix original series lilyhammer and then underneath it it says watch on prime video buy from four pound 99 yeah what the hell Mm mm-hmm it's a really fun uh, series. I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking about bubbling idiots and mistranslations. And I mean, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, I'll give it. We'll, prob- it. we'll probably give that a go. Leanne likes that sort of show as well. She watched that. You, you guys will like it. You will yeah, really she, like it. I she guarantee watched, it. She watched that Sneaky Pete series about yeah, the guy. Yeah, I started yeah. watching that and I just got bored because there was no characters to root for. Yeah. but this, I kind of this- have characters in shows like that that. You're, you're pulling for you want them to succeed and and yeah. that was one where i'm just like just the present the 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 idea that okay i'm in jail with this guy i get out i assume his identity and all his relatives oh yeah that's you look totally freaking different but sure that's you it's just uh, it's yeah, just that, stupid that, that's that and of course then every single person in it in the show is an awful person yeah that, that's kind of the world it lives in which is you know done well it didn't really appeal to me, but I know that Leanne watched it, which means that she will probably enjoy this too. Mm-hmm. So you will. You both will like this. It's it's just yeah. a it's a goofy fun. It takes some dark turns, but it, of course, it works. You know why they set it in Lilyhammer, don't you? No, because um, back in the late seventies, early eighties, you remember the Munich um, the Munich attack on the Israeli athletes. Yeah, yeah, when they were all killed at the Olympics. So. Yep. Um, the, uh, they did a film about it where the Mossad basically went trying to assassinate everyone who's involved in that plot. Yeah, oh. and they had a they had a team who were going around basically. I knew. Killing. The, I, I I read. I yeah. I know yeah, that story. You, you've heard of that. And, well, yeah. <laughs> it stopped because they mistakenly identified a Palestinian waiter who was working in Lilyhammer as a uh, as part of this plot, and they went and 
tried to kill... I can't remember whether they actually killed him or not. But the uh, two Mossad agents got caught. And that kind of put the end to the entire program. So I suspect that's why they decided to do it in Lillehammer. It's like Lillehammer is the centre for all this shady stuff that nobody knows about. Um, the premise for the series was actually going to be originally a spin-off that Steve Van Zandt wanted it to be the same character from The Sopranos, that it's going to be a spin-off where he actually testifies against some mobsters and that's the setup for this series. And every great once in a while, maybe they would have someone from the original Sopranos come on. Um, and they kind of do that in, in here, but not really. Yeah. But, you know, if you take that into consideration, it's even better. You just pretend that it's the same guy. Yeah. Because he's doing the same role. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. But yep. I, 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 it's one of those series that if no one, if you don't know about, you don't know what you're missing. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's it's not Emmy award winning stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it's a it's a fun couple of weeks to watch this. Cool. Um. So the ones I've got listed that's I've got linked, I should say, is Netflix, Xfinity, which is Comcast. Yeah. Uh, and I can. There's a lot of. If I'm looking for something, the first place. If well, I look for it on uh, Netflix first. But Netflix has a, a dearth of older movies now i mean these these studios pulled uh, so much content from netflix to, yeah. to keep closer to the vest uh and, but because i subscribe to um comcast and i've got the top tier stuff so i get cinemax and showtime and hbo and all that yeah. that if it's streaming from any of those services it's on the xfinity app which still uses flash which goes away in yeah. five months so they they're gonna have they're gonna have a big problem on their hand if they haven't. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll they'll, fixed it yet. they'll they'll realize it's a problem about two weeks before it goes away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know that's because um, that that's how much effort they pay it to keep oh, your attention on these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. it's Comcast. <laughs> they're horrible people. Um, so I have Netflix. Then I have YouTube because I watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Yeah. Like if if I've got twenty minutes before work, I'll watch you know something on 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 uh youtube for 15 minutes before i head out uh disney plus uh i'm going less and less to disney plus because i'd say 80 percent of the content i'm just not really all that interested in yeah but the kids are and julie would like it um plex which is all my content and i've been looking at that less and less as well apple tv which, unless something new comes out that I'm really interested in, like I just watched um, Greyhound, mm-hmm. new movie from Tom Hanks. Um, it was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't I've, terrible. I've heard this. I've heard this fairly middle of the road. Yeah, that's about right. I was a little disappointed in that. I don't know. It, everybody just, there's no, there's a story. There's just no characters. Yeah. Anybody could play the roles. There's no reason for it to be Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, Motor Trend, which I'm pretty sure that I've never talked about here before. Nope. Uh, they have a ton of original content. It's $60 a year. Now, a lot of it, I got hooked on a show called Roadkill. And these guys would take some old piece of junk and the challenges they have to drive from here to there. Right. And something invariably happens bad to the car. And it's all real. They don't. They don't sabotage themselves. 
Yeah. Um, they have integrity and it's, you know, part of the motor trend magazine stuff. Um, but they, they had all these episodes for free on YouTube and then they yanked it and say, Nope. Now, if you want this, you got to subscribe to motor trend, which yeah. pissed me off. So I was like, screw them. Um, but then I did subscribe because I kind of missed the show and they've got a lot of good. If you're into automotives at all, yeah. you're going to find stuff on motor trends and it just renewed. I quite honestly, I maybe watch it once a month yeah. for a couple hours over I a hope, month's period. I hope you reclaim the, uh, you get tax relief on that because yeah, surely that's for work. Yeah. It's work related. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I have a thing called epics and epics uh, is, uh, I don't know how popular they are, but they're also included in Xfinity, but they have their own website. And if I sign in through Xfinity, their, their layout is really nice. And they got a, a crap ton of content. I mean, mm. holy I've moly. Ne- I've never heard of epics. No, I hadn't either. It, yeah. I just, it just kept popping up in, uh, in my Xfinity app that this movie is because I, it's through epics. So I was like, what the hell is that? This epics. And they've got just a lot of stuff. Um, but Epics is where I was watching War of the Worlds, the French one. Yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I found it. And I've gone back a few times. They've got a few original stuff, but not that much. But they've got a ton of content. HBO Max, which I get because, again, of uh, Xfinity and Comcast. And I got to say, HBO Max kind of really hit it out of the park with their user interface. They've yeah. done a great job. Um, and then the last one is V universe. I, I, I think I, oh, heard that one on there. Oh, uh, this is a curated thing and it, it's terrible. Yeah. So I'm going to go and edit bookmarks and delete. So that one's gone. Uh, it's, it was supposed to be this curated thing. You rate all these different shows and then it would tell you, okay, based on all of this, these are the shows that you'll like, which I like that idea. But for whatever reason, it just every time I'd load it, now would say, "No recommendations available." Really? I reviewed like fifty shows, and fifty shows reviewing is like ten minutes. This is yeah. click yes, no, yes, no, um, and it worked then, and then it hasn't worked since. So, oh well. But that's all the streaming stuff that I have that I visit regularly. That's it. But literally, I could sit in front of my computer for the next hundred years and not get through 10% of the content that's available to us. And we sit here and bitch that we have nothing to watch. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, absolutely not. It's, that, that is the way of it. But it's in some respects, you kind of spoiled for choice. That's the problem is you given such an overwhelming, um, like, you know, display of different things. It's just like, you know, it paralyzes your brain and you can't, you know, and, and the difficulty, again, when we talked about curation before, is that there's nobody there helping you decide what's good right. and what's bad. And um, and that, that is also a, a bit of an issue. And and still, you find fewer and fewer places, on the, even on the web, where you can... Nobody had got... Like you said, you just said, oh, there's old Netflix stuff on there you'll never get... You'll never find unless somebody tells you about it. That's absolutely right. true. But the websites I read to keep up on the latest news in, in media and movies and that sort of thing. I've been through a few. The latest one I've settled on is Den of Geek, which is okay. They sometimes have, um, they appear to say, take op-ed stuff from anybody about any topic. So uh, that's a bit annoying, but generally it's okay. But they'll never tell you about 
um, they might they might do a retrospective on a movie or a TV series occasionally, but they won't they won't sort of say you know it's all about what's the latest on Netflix, what's the latest on. They'll never go back and say, well, here's you know fifteen or twenty hidden gems on Netflix, which is kind of what you want. No. iFilm I has uh, been doing that lately. Uh, quarantine stream. They'll go. I think it's once a month or, or once a week or twice a week, something like that. They will pick either a series or a movie. An older one, and, and you know, three or four paragraphs. Yeah, that's worth actually going and watching, and uh, it's turned me onto some stuff that I kind of forgot about. So there's a Slash okay. Films oh. is doing that. Slash Film, I have to. Uh, I, I why did I stop subscribing to Slash Film? They annoyed I me. I can't remember why though. Uh, um, anyway. let's talk before we wrap up here because we're coming up on an hour, but there's two things that's happened um and you know we skipped a a tech fan there yeah because or uh, i'm sorry uh, geeks pub no. geeks yep yeah. with all the mac stuff going on yeah so yeah we we missed these two stories and i think they're significant uh and it's both companies or products that are going away forever and they're significant and i don't think that many people have talked about it number yeah. one Olympus exited the camera business. 84 I, years. I could not believe this when I saw I couldn't this either. story. I, 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 it blew me up. I was like, Olympus? is They're not going to sell cameras anymore? That's <laughs> crazy. Like, you, th- you think, well, what else do they do? <laughs> that's, Medical equipment. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that, that's what you find out when you read the story. But you wouldn't know that. You just And you just think, what, what, well, what else? If you don't sell cameras, what, what, what's going to make you turn up for yeah, work their, every their, day? Their consumer business was cameras. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think they um, do. They do a couple of um, audio recording things as well, like dictation and, and stuff like that. that I presume they're going to continue to do unless it's so well, everybody I has phones that, now nobody needs a dictation machine yeah i know i, I mean i presume what, they're, they're gonna, gonna try that, what what's next dave they're gonna get out of the horse whip buggy business <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you the amish are gonna be annoyed when that happens <laughs> Jeez, they're gonna finally stop selling firewire 400 cables come on olympus mm, what are you doing yeah i was but, surprised though yeah well yeah because olympus is uh, i mean they were for for people who don't know they were at the vanguard of they made one of the first point and shoot 35 millimeter cameras that actually worked which was the olympus trip and um the olympus trip was such an iconic camera because virtually anybody could take you good pictures with an olympus trip you know it was so it was so point and shooty way before digital obviously there's 35 mil well we need to get back to wiki trolling and and i think we'll save olympus for that Olympus that, for that, yeah. Yep. But, so they're out of business as far as the camera. They're I, not out of business. But I, they I don't know whether the they're going to. I don't know whether they're going to sell the brand to somebody else who will continue to do cameras. But you know they're not uh, going to be Olympus it. cameras. Well, who yeah. the hell is buying a dedicated camera now? Well, I think there's a. I think there's a small, professional photographers, yeah. but Prof- and, that's and not a that's not a viable business for a no, company. No, and like there's, a, there's there's a niche for people, you know, like um, streamers and and that sort of thing who want prosumer equipment rather than um you know webcams to do their stuff so they they often will buy mirrorless cameras and things like that and use them as, as basically as dedicated film cameras for streaming and that sort of thing but there's there is not there's most certainly is not a big market has been taken over by the phone i i don't remember olympus ever pivoting into the digital realm in a significant way no I mean, they, they had well, they, digital cameras but 
they didn't know what to do. They have a, um, are they, I mean, they've given a good go at it for, for many, many years. I mean, they've, they have a good set of mirrorless, they have a mirrorless system. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think if, if it's a shared, I think it might be a shared standard with a couple of other companies. They, they do for their uh, mirrorless system with the, with the interchangeable lenses. They do DSLRs that are very are often very well regarded. And they've continued to stick in the point-and-shoot um, category as well. Well, what they Clearly should have done is pivoted into partnerships with cell phone manufacturers. That's what they yeah. should have done. Yeah, but I, again, um, I don't think they made their own um, processors. Uh, you know, no, they, their own not. CMOS chips. I think they, they basically did all the, the other stuff, which is Well, even if it was a licensing deal where it was, you know... The, the latest um, Samsung phone with Olympus lens. I mean, yeah. they could have done something like that. Um, so. The other product that is gone and the company itself is kaput from what I see is Segway. Yeah. And I don't mean we're going into a different topic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean the, yeah. the company, uh, look, I, I think I wrote a Segway once. I cannot remember. I, I did um, I rode an off-road Segway on a, a kind of a two-hour entertainment course that I was yeah. given a, given somewhere once. Now I'll tell you, if any if you've never ridden a Segway, riding a Segway is weird for the first ten minutes. Then once you get it, it's the best fun you will ever have. Yeah, yeah? and I think I did. I just yeah, I don't remember. But the, I've the got problem, a storied and checkered past. There's a couple of problems that Segway have, have encountered. Well, there's three, three problems, really. First of all, the devices, as incredibly clever as they are, are very, very expensive. Well, that was yeah. the that's problem one, two, and three. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, anybody but, who wanted to try it and buy one and they found out how much they were, they put it out of their mind and never looked back. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's problem one. Um, Problem two is they suffered, they eventually, be, part, partly because of problem one, be, start to suffer from an image problem. Because the only time you ever saw them was groups of obnoxious tourists on a tour yep. or, or mole cops. And um, those are, Which were derided in movies. I mean. A, well, yeah, but it wasn't. They were derided in movies for a reason because having a cop stood on something that kind of allows him to zip around and also gives him a two foot advantage over everybody else just makes him look like a fool. Uh, or yes. a or a or a dick, and um, consequently, I think they they start to suffer an image problem because those are the only people who are buying them. And then the third issue they had is that Segway's old now. It was invented what fifteen years ago, and yeah, um, twenty. Yeah, so now you can get much cheaper things that allow you to do pretty much the same thing as Segway does. These all these electric electric scooters, it's the same thing, except you don't yep. need the big complicated electronics and um and the massive platform and the problem with the segway is they're quite hard to get wrong but if you do get them wrong they are very heavy it's and disastrously quite dangerous. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. you can you can you get run over by a segway you're going to know about it wasn't it george a, yeah i think george bush crashed one didn't he yeah yeah that's right yeah. and also as well i've seen a couple of videos of people who've kind of fallen off them and they've They've kind of jammed the systems and the thing just sits there spinning round and round at high speed. Yeah. And it's virtually lethal to get to get back to. So Yeah, you gotta wait um, for the battery to die. Yeah. So uh, I think all of those things and also most because they're so big and heavy, um, an awful lot of places have banned them from being driven on the sidewalks. If you can't yep. drive them on the sidewalk, then there's kinda of no point in having them really. So um all of those things have have conspired 
to uh, mean the original. Now the seg- the company's not going out of business, but they just stopped making that original platform based. Right. You know the the thing on wheels with the big handle coming up to you. Well, it's a Chinese that, company now. Yeah. Yeah. And they they concentrate on making scooters. They yeah. uh, they basically uh, concentrate on scooters now. So. It's sad yeah. to see it go, though. Same with Olympus cameras. These are two icons. Yeah. Literally icons. So when people get complacent about, you know, I always buy this or, I, you know, I support this brand, but you don't really, you don't buy the new stuff yeah. ever. You just, just like it. Yeah. Yeah, you just <laughs> like it. Um, take that into consideration that here's two iconic brands that are done for, as far as the public consciousness and what they were. They're gone forever, and yep. don't 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 presume that some of these things are going to be around forever because they're oh, particularly in these times. I think you're going to see a lot of companies go to the wall as a result of COVID. Um, and well, I think we just we're had Hertz lose. Hertz yeah. rental car just closed. Oh, they actually closed down now, have they? Yeah, we because uh, we have a small rental part of the, our right. business. Uh, it's not really customer focused and and facing. It's more if your car's there, we'll we'll rent your car to use while yours is getting fixed. Uh, but if you walked in and want to rent a car, we'll rent you a car. Um, we've been out of cars. I mean, we've got a huge waiting list because a big player in the market just disappeared. Yeah. And people are like coming in and going, hey, do you guys rent cars? I heard you guys rent cars. We're like, nope, we're out. Yeah. Um, and every other rental car business is like, we're out of cars. So yeah. there was definitely a demand for the product, but Hertz was just fools and, and you know did the wrong thing every chance they got and they're so, out of business yeah uh, interestingly enough i um because we talked about hertz a few weeks ago and we said yeah. that part of the problems was they have these huge debts yeah um and, and how could you you know how could you sustain some some sort of debt so something i heard on the on the british news the other day because the british economy we are now in a massive amount of debt because we've had to pay out so much to support people through covid yep uh, and the government's trying to say oh well you know interest rates are low so this is not really necessarily a problem and uh, some some businesses are being interviewed in the news and and he said he said well he said i have one cardinal rule in business he said that any business that carries a lot of debt is is ultimately going to fail because basically interest rates change and eventually you can't service the debt. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of companies, big companies who are in that position through acquisitions or the or stuff like that, and they're going to struggle because everyone's going to, everyone's business is going down as a result of what we've been through the last few months. And um, if you can't service those debts, you're going to have to go in, go out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, so who knows who's going to go? Uh, Apple, Microsoft? Hopefully not. Well, we think, oh, that that's ridiculous. Well, anything is possible. Yeah. Yep. So, Dave, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Great to talk to you this week. Yeah, it was um, fun. Always we'll be back fun. next week, of course, with another Geeks Pub. And we wish everyone out there, listen to the scientists, wear masks. If you don't need to go somewhere, don't go somewhere. Yeah. Be safe. And yeah. uh, we're, you know, we don't have so many listeners that we want to lose you guys. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) See you in a week. Bye.